in the world you might be joining us from, no matter when you might be watching us, we wanna say thank you for inviting us into your homes today, and we're thrilled to have you with us. Well, hey, if we haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name is Jason, and my family and I have been here at River Ridge for a couple of years now. Some of you guys might have seen me serving in the student ministry program. I get to hang out with our middle schoolers on Sunday mornings. I get to work with our high schoolers every week. Um, And occasionally, every now and then, I have the privilege of getting to bring the message here on a Sunday morning. Although I will say on that note, there is one worry I'm starting to have about that. Because if you guys know our typical speakers here at River Ridge, like Chad and Andy and Blair, you'll understand why for me, being up here today, y'all, I have never been this worried about my hairline in my entire life. (laughs) Well, hey, we are glad that you guys are here with us today. This morning, we are continuing our Christmas series, and we're taking a look at Christmas through the eyes of Mary and Joseph. And if you have your Bibles, your devices, you can go ahead and turn over to Luke chapter 1. And I'm thrilled to be a part of this series because, man, I love Christmas. Like, I am that guy when it comes to Christmas. I I love decorating our Christmas tree every year. It's a big family tradition that we have. We get all of our old Christmas ornaments out and decorate the tree with them and remember all the, the trips and vacations we've done and look at all these ornaments. I love listening to Christmas music. Like, I'm that guy who turns on Christmas music around early November and listens to Christmas music 24-7 until Christmas Day. Like, and I get it, some of you guys aren't wired that way, but I love Christmas music. I love watching the old Christmas TV shows like Rudolph and Frosty and Charlie Brown. That's one of my favorite things to do at Christmas. Uh, our family drives around and looks at Christmas lights in the neighborhood. Uh, we love going to family dinners and getting to catch up with everybody. Uh, we love eating Christmas cookies. Who doesn't love that? Uh, but yeah, man, I love Christmas and I love everything about Christmas because it brings me so much joy and so much happiness every year. But I also know that everybody's different. And over the past couple of years, if we're being honest, we've been through some pretty difficult times lately. I was actually reading an article online this past week, and it talked about some numbers that I wanted to share with you guys. It was on Gallup. And Gallup said this. It said, the CDC reported that 41.5% of U.S. adults exhibited symptoms of anxiety or depression in 2021. And globally, seven out of 10 people report that they are struggling or suffering, according to Gallup. And for you guys, you might be reading that this morning and say, you know what? Yeah, I think I'm in those numbers. And you know, we, maybe you feel like you're not really feeling all that much happiness and all that much joy this Christmas season. In fact, you might still be going through some things right now, and life might be pretty tough on you you really don't know how life's going to turn out. And if that's you guys today, you'd actually be in pretty good company with a couple of characters from the Bible named Mary and Joseph. Now, most of us know the Christmas story, right? We know Jesus was born in a manger. We know Mary rode the donkey. We know the Christmas story, right? But long before any manger and long before any shepherds or any wise men or anything like that, Mary and Joseph had to go through some really rough times. And when they were going through that stuff, man, they had no idea how things were gonna turn out. So this morning, we're gonna take a look at the story of Mary and Joseph. And it all started one day when Mary had a very inconvenient interruption. 
In Luke chapter one, it says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. All right, so there is a lot going on here. So let's take just a minute and kind of unpack all this stuff. So what do we know about Mary? Well, we know that she's engaged to a guy named Joseph. And while we don't really know exactly how old she is, based on the Jewish traditions and customs at the time, we can probably assume she was around 15 or 16 years old. And if you're trying to equate it to today, you could probably think of Mary as being a high school teenage girl. And so on this day, Mary was visited by an angel named Gabriel. So who is Gabriel? Well, Gabriel is one of only two angels mentioned by name in the entire Bible. And when you see Gabriel pop up, he's usually acting as a messenger on behalf of God. Some of you guys might remember last week, Andy touched on Daniel chapter 9. Well, Gabriel was actually there with Daniel in Daniel chapter 9, and Gabriel helped Daniel interpret some of the visions he was having about the Messiah and how the Messiah might come about. And then here, hundreds of years later, Gabriel shows up again, and he politely greets Mary. So how does Mary react to being politely greeted by an angel of God? So was she excited? Was she, was she awestruck by this amazing angel? Well, the Bible says she was confused and disturbed. And you can kind of say in today's terms that she was freaking out. She was losing her junk. She was losing her mind. She didn't know what to think, and she didn't know what was going on. So this teenage girl wakes up that day, and she probably makes her plans for the day just like you and I do. She was probably thinking, you know what, make my to-do list, go to the market, get some supplies, go to the well, get some water, go ahead and fix dinner. But I'm willing to bet that nowhere on her plan for that day did it say, get visited by an angel of God. But you know what? Our plans are kind of funny like that because we make our plans, but sometimes our plans get changed for us. It's kind of funny. Uh, earlier this year, some of us leaders in the high school ministry took a bunch of the high school students on a road trip all across the state of West Virginia. And, and somehow or another on this road trip, I got stuck with a carload of high school teenage girls driving them on this road trip all weekend. And y'all, we had an absolute blast. I'm not gonna lie. But if you've ever wondered what happens on a road trip with a carload of high school teenage girls, I can tell you that number one, you listen to a lot of Taylor Swift. <laughs> like the whole catalog. And number two, and more important for today, you talk a lot about your plans. And man, these girls, they had plans for everything. They had plans for where they were going to college and, and what they were going to major in. They had plans on where they were going to move to after college. They had plans on when they were going to get married. And oh my gosh, did they ever have plans for their wedding day. I mean, like detailed plans, y'all. And these girls, man, they did. They just had plans for everything. 
And I'd be willing to bet that Mary wasn't a whole lot different. She was probably a typical teenage girl, and she was starting to make plans for her life. And what, you know, what plans might look like with Joseph, you know, he could get a job as a carpenter, they'd get in a nice little house somewhere and settle down, and eventually, someday, start having children. But when Gabriel shows up on this day, any plans that Mary might have had were all about to change. The angel said, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Don't be afraid. I love the fact that the angel was reassuring her, like, you're not in trouble. This is okay. Don't freak out. Everything's fine. And I love that it says, don't be afraid. Why? Because you have found favor with God. And that sounds great, doesn't it? I mean, who wouldn't want to be told that you found favor with God? So on that note, what did finding favor with God look like for Mary? Well, for Mary, finding favor with God meant that she had to ride on the back of a donkey for about 70 miles while she was extremely pregnant in the hot desert sun. Doesn't sound that fun. For Mary, finding favor with God meant that she had to give birth to her firstborn child in a stable surrounded by livestock. Again, doesn't sound all that fun. So finding favor with God doesn't mean that our plans always work out the way that we want them to. And we all have plans, right? We make, we make our vacation plans, we make weekend plans, we make dinner plans, we, we love making plans. There's an old saying, if you ever wanna make God laugh, just tell him about your plans, right? So we make our plans and we work through our plans and we're getting stuff going and we're getting traction in life, right? And just about the time when we feel like we're starting to make some headway and life is finally going our way, doesn't it seem like that's right about the moment whenever God chimes in with plans of his own? And we're kind of afraid of that, right? I mean, if we're being honest, we're kind of afraid of that happening because we know our plans and we have a pretty good idea about where our plans might take us to but we're kind of afraid of God's plans because we have no idea where God's plans might take us. Like, for example, you might ask God and say, God, give me an opportunity to serve. And you might, you might dig in, you say, God, give me an opportunity to serve in your kingdom. And God hears that and he's like, that's awesome, great. I want you to move to Zimbabwe and be a missionary. And we hear that and we're like, whoa, Hold up, God. Like, God, give me an opportunity to serve in your kingdom in the coffee and donut ministry. <laughs> right? Like, baby steps. Like, let's, let's start small here, God. Like, so, by the way, if you guys happen to serve in the coffee and donut ministry here at River Ridge Church, you are doing God's work. Don't ever let anybody tell you you're not. My family and I love you dearly. Thank you for what you do. But yeah, man, it can be kind of scary hearing God's plans. Because if we're being honest, we don't really want to give up control of our lives, not even to God. And sometimes doesn't it seem like our plans and God's plans don't really align all that well? Like our plans might want us to go this way, but it's like God's plans might want us to go the opposite direction. Like why is that? Well, it's because... God's purpose is bigger than our plans. Now, I'm a planner. I fully admit it, I'm a planner, and I plan everything. And y'all, it drives my wife 
nuts, completely up the wall. But like if we're gonna go on a road trip somewhere, I've got the whole route planned in Google Maps. I've got the hotel rooms booked months and months in advance. And I know where every Chick-fil-A is located between here and our destination. And if something might come up that changes my plans, I've got backup plans for my backup plans. Like I am a planner. And when my plans get changed, I'm not gonna lie, it's kind of frustrating to me, right? And our plans don't always work out the way that we want them to. But can I tell you this morning that that's not always a bad thing? A number of years ago, uh, my mother sat me down and she actually explained some things to me that I never knew. Uh, my, mo- my mother told me that I was actually an unexpected pre- pregnancy. And if we're not gonna sugarcoat it, let's be honest, I was an accident. Um, so when my mom and dad found out that I was coming along, my mom was 18 years old, my dad wasn't really much older, and at that point in their life, they didn't really feel like they were ready to start having children. Now, on top of that, there were some complications going on with the pregnancy that made it a very high risk. And if my mother and father had chosen to have me, there was a very high risk that I would end up having serious health problems for the rest of my life. And this was absolutely devastating for my mom and dad, I'm sure. You know, how, can you imagine getting this news, right? And so because of that, the doctors actually recommended to my parents that they go ahead and just abort the pregnancy. The doctors recommended that's probably the best thing you could do. And it's just so hard for a mother and father to hear. So my parents thought about it and they prayed about it and they said, you know what? No matter what the risks are and no matter what happens, we're gonna have this child and we're gonna love this child because this is important and this is something from God. Y'all, I'm standing here today because my parents realized that this was God's purpose even if it wasn't a part of their plans. And if I can be honest with you, over the years, I've kind of learned that when something unexpected comes along and it changes all the plans that I have, months later, and honestly, sometimes even years later, I realize that things worked out so much better than I ever could have planned them because God's purpose is always bigger than our plans. And the angel was about to explain to Mary God's purpose in this interruption too. So Gabriel told Mary, you will conceive and you will give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Now imagine how Mary must have felt hearing all these great things. Like he's gonna be called the son of the most high. You're gonna have this son, he's gonna be amazing. He's gonna reign over Israel forever. He'll have the throne of David. All that sounds amazing. But on the other side of that coin, Mary had to realize that this wasn't a very convenient time for her to get pregnant. See, because back then, back in those times, getting pregnant before you were married was considered a terrible sin. And actually, Joseph, as her fiance, could have had her stoned to death if he'd have wanted to. And this all seems so completely unfair to Mary. 
Because, I mean, let's be honest, she didn't really have a whole lot of choice in the matter. Like, God didn't really ask her, hey, do you want to be the son of, you know, son of God here? Do you want to be the mother of the son of God? And this interruption was going to completely change her life, whether she wanted it to or not. Just seems really unfair, right? And when these kind of interruptions happen in our lives, it's really easy for us to see interruptions as setbacks. You know, things that kind of get in our way from, from reaching our goals or pursuing our dreams. And we make all these plans and we say, you know, I'm gonna be married by the time I'm 25. We'll start having kids around 28. I'll get that big promotion by the time I'm 30. I'll work for a while and then I'm gonna retire at 62. And we have all these grand plans for our lives. And then out of nowhere, sometimes it seems like an interruption comes along and it changes everything. But sometimes what we call an interruption, God might call an invitation. And the Bible is completely full of stories of people who God interrupted their normal life and he invited them to become a part of his bigger purpose. Moses was like watching a flock of sheep one day when all of a sudden God started talking to him out of this burning bush and God invited him to lead his people out of Egypt, out of slavery, and into the promised land. Paul was walking along the road on the way to Damascus on his way to persecute Christians when he literally saw the light and became one of the greatest apostles to ever walk the face of the earth. And here, God was inviting Mary to become something bigger than she could have ever imagined and certainly something bigger than she could have ever planned. And so Mary was trying to wrap her head around everything that the angel had told her, just trying to work through all this in her mind. She was going to have a baby. And on that note, there was one really big point that Mary was having a hard time getting past. The Bible says, so Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. Now, in Mary's defense, this is a totally valid question, right? I mean, never before in the history of mankind have we ever heard of a time of a virgin giving birth. And Mary knew how the world works. She was like, you know what? I know the process, and there is one really important step missing from this whole process. I can't have a baby right now. And so she asked the angel, she said, how? Earlier this year, uh, this past summer, Andy preached a sermon and he was talking about worship in this sermon. And while he was preaching this sermon, he described worship as just, wow. You guys remember this? He was talking about worship, and he said, you know, it's that awe and that wonder and that wow of who God is. A lot of times in life, though, when God presents us with an opportunity to be a part of his purpose, Instead of starting out by looking at God in that opportunity with awe and wonder and wow, oftentimes we start out by asking God, how? We start asking all these questions. We start saying things like, God, that's, that's not going to work. I mean, what about this? It's like, God, what about this and this and this? And don't forget about this big thing over here. Like, this is never going to work. How, how are you going to do this? And we start asking God all these questions about this plan that he wants us to be a part of. And we kind of start poking holes in God's plan and saying, God, this will never work. And so the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. 
So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. And I love the fact that the angel didn't get angry at Mary for asking how. In fact, the angel reassured her and said, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. The angel was kind of saying, hey, Mary, don't worry about that part. God's already got that part all under control. And see, when we hear God's plans for our lives and the Holy Spirit talks to us and says, you know, I want you to do this, it's really easy for us to get hung up in the details and start picking God's plan apart and asking how. But there's something so important that we always need to remember. It's that outcome is God's job. But obedience, obedience is our job. See, figuring out how all this stuff is gonna work It's not our job. And making all these details fit together and working the puzzle and getting everything to turn out just right, y'all, that's not our job either. Our job is to be faithful and committed to God even when things look impossible. And Mary knew, everything she knew about the way the world worked, Mary knew it was impossible for her to have a baby right now. But the Bible says, with man, yes, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And so Mary knew this was going to be so hard. And she had no idea how any of this stuff was going to work out. But even with all those uncertainties, Mary said this. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything that you have said about me come true. I am the Lord's servant. And can you imagine the faith Mary must have had to be able to say that? With all the uncertainty surrounding everything going on right now, she still wanted to follow God. But there was still one really big problem that Mary had to face because Mary still had to tell Joseph. All right, so that's Mary. So what do we know about Joseph? Well, much like Mary, we don't really know exactly how old Joseph was either. Uh, But based again on the Jewish traditions and customs at the time, we can pretty much assume that he was probably still a teenager himself. We also know that Joseph was a carpenter by trade, and the Bible says that he was a righteous man. And so Mary tells Joseph, hey, honey, guess what? Um, I'm pregnant. And so here's the thing. Joseph obviously knew that he wasn't the father, right? And so Mary tells him this crazy story and says, you know, this angel came to visit me and and I'm gonna have the son of God and he's gonna reign over Israel and he's gonna have the throne of David and and all this crazy stuff that Mary is just telling Joseph. And Joseph just listens to this crazy story and he's just like, what? And so the only logical conclusion that Joseph can come up with is that Mary was unfaithful to him She got pregnant, and now she's made up this crazy story to try to cover up what she's done. And man, if if, if I'm Joseph, like, I'm just, I'm devastated right now. I'm, I'm heartbroken. I'm hurt. I'm angry. I'm disappointed. And there's probably a million other emotions going through Joseph's head as he's hearing all this, all this, and thinking about this. So knowing all this, what does Joseph do? Well, the book of Matthew explains it like this. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, 
While she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man, and he did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. So Joseph, he divorced Mary. He broke off the engagement. Joseph looked at the whole situation and says, you know what? Cool. I'm out. I'm done. Joseph didn't want anything else to do with Mary. Now, the Bible says that Joseph was a righteous man, and so he was going to break off the engagement quietly because he didn't want to bring any more trouble on Mary than she had already brought on herself. But I want you guys to think about this. Put yourself in Mary's situation. Mary was now facing public disgrace for something that she didn't even do wrong. And now she's about to be a single mother raising the Son of God because Joseph just walked out of her life. And y'all, I can't imagine what Mary must have been thinking at this moment. But at the same time, look at what Joseph was going through. Because in one moment, Joseph's life was completely turned upside down because of Mary's perceived unfaithfulness. For Joseph, it must have been like he was in this bad dream that he just couldn't wake up from through no fault of his own. And on that, maybe you guys can relate. Maybe you guys have been in a situation where you felt like your world was just falling apart and you don't understand why. Maybe for you, it was a, a divorce or a breakup with somebody and just come out of nowhere one day. You know, you, you lost a relationship in your life that was very important to you. But maybe you lost more than that. Maybe you lost your whole family. It was just devastating. You know, people are happy around you. Everything seems to be going great in their lives. And day to day, you're just trying to hold together, man. Or maybe, maybe during all this COVID stuff, you lost your job or you lost your career that you had worked years and years to get. And one day you showed up to work and they brought you into the office and said, hey, man, sorry, we don't really need you anymore. And it was like one day life was great and the next day you didn't know how you was going to pay your bills. With everything going on the last two years, maybe you or somebody you love got sick. And you went to the doctor and it seemed like the diagnosis just came out of nowhere. It was like a gut punch. And life one day was perfectly normal. And the next day, you didn't know what life was going to hold for you. And whenever it seems like life is falling apart, man, it's really easy to feel bitter towards life. And it's really easy to feel completely overwhelmed by everything that we're facing. And if we're being honest, sometimes it kind of feels like God's forgotten about us in all this. So when Joseph's life was falling apart, what happened for him? Well, when Joseph least expects it, God shows up. As he considered this, as he considered divorcing Mary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son. And you are to name him Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. See, God didn't show up in Joseph's life when everything was going great. God didn't come around when life was just picture perfect. No, God showed up when Joseph's life was just hanging by a thread. And so how did Joseph react to these directions that were given to him by the angel? It says, when Joseph woke up, 
He did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took Mary as his wife. And Joseph named the child Jesus. So Joseph listened to what God had to say. He trusted that God was in control, and he took Mary as his wife. So my question for us today is this. How do we react whenever things feel uncertain and life gets hard? Are we open to God's purpose when it doesn't really feel like it fits in with our plans? And are we willing to follow God's invitation when it feels more like an interruption to our life? So there's a few things that the angel tells Joseph here. And I want to take a look at just a few things and see how they apply to our life. I'll start with number one. The first thing the angel says is this. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Did you know don't be afraid is the most repeated command in the entire Bible? And it's actually said throughout Scripture hundreds and hundreds of times. So why do you think that the Bible talks so much about fear? Well, it's because whenever we're faced with uncertainty, we have a fear of what we don't understand. Paul says in 2 Timothy, he says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And that sound mind part, y'all, that's, that's really important because that's the part that we reason with. That's the part that we say, yes, I know this is scary. Yes, I know I don't want to do this, but I also know that God's purpose is bigger than my fear. And I have to keep moving forward even though I'm scared. So let me ask you this. What does that look like for you today? What are you afraid of that's holding you back from realizing God's purpose in your life. The second thing that the angel says to Joseph is this. Take a risk. Be willing to take a risk. The angel tells Joseph, take Mary as your wife. Now remember, it would have been so much easier on Joseph's life if he would have just turned around, walked away from Mary, and never looked back. But he wanted to follow God. And guys, if we want to follow God, we have to be willing to take risks too. And I know it, guys. I get it, man. It can be scary not knowing what's up around the next corner or not knowing what the next step in life might hold for us. But if we're going to trust God in this, like, we got to be all in. This is one of those things you can't do halfway. If we're going to trust God, we got to trust God with everything. So let me ask you a question. Today in your life, are you playing it safe? And are you kind of living in that comfort zone? Or are you willing to take a risk and trust that God's purpose for your life is there. Last thing is this. The angel says, commit yourself to Jesus. Now, Joseph didn't understand it at all, but he still committed to the plan that God had laid out before him. And that word commit here, man, that is so important because that means that there's action involved on our part. That means that we have to roll up our sleeves and put in the effort and day in and day out, stay committed to God even when we don't get it. And so guys, this week, that's my challenge for us is let's stay committed to Jesus even when we don't understand his plans. Let me pray for us. Almighty God, I thank you so much for today, Lord. I thank you for this Christmas season that we get to celebrate the birth of a Savior that came to die for our sins that we might have life. 
God, I thank you for all those that are here. I thank you to all those who are listening today. And if they're going through adversities right now and if they don't understand the plans going on, that they don't understand why they're having to face trials, God, I pray that you would show them that you have a purpose in everything. And while things might feel like an interruption in their life and they might not see why you're doing the things that you're doing, let them know that you are inviting them to something even bigger if we'll just trust you in the path that you have for us. God, be with us this Christmas season. In Christ's name, amen. Light of the world, treasure of heaven, brilliant like the stars in the wintry sky. Joy of the Father, reach through the darkness, shine across the earth, send the shadows to fly. Light up the world from the beginning, the tragedies of time. We're no match for your love From great heights of glory You saw my story God, you entered in And became one of us Sing, sing hallelujah
Thank you, Lord. Hey, I hope this service was a blessing to you. I know it was for me, for sure. That's gonna conclude our service, but I wanna point, don't, uh, remind you that if you're interested in joining us in some of our go that's gonna happen over the summer, we have our serving interest, or I mean our, our missions interest meeting in the Next Steps room right after this service. You can stop in there and hear about our projects. That'll be local, that'll be stateside, and that'll go international over, the, over this summer. Thanks for being here. Have a great Sunday.